Hello, and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I'm your host, Ian Colburn. And today's episode is brought to you by 8th Place. 8th Place in Call of Duty Warzone. Also, the release of Livewire 2, hopefully. That's right. By the time yeah. this hits your ears, folks, it might actually hit your ears today, because if yeah. we get it out right away. So, uh, Caleb, uh, everybody who, everybody on this podcast who's a Laravel uh, or a Livewire uh, core <clears throat> contributor, raise your hand. Boo! I have code. It's in Livewire. Hey, There's, Daniel. Before we get into this, yeah. I just, I just don't want to jump right into Livewire. You don't want to jump right into Livewire. No. Okay. So you want to talk about the 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 kinder, gentler things of life? Like just for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you got? I really don't have anything. I bought a okay. new laptop. You bought a new oh thank God because you made you made four hundred thousand dollars yeah in potential cool. in potential value. yeah um <laughs> yeah bought a new laptop I went with a sixteen inch MacBook Pro awesome yep and I souped like it all it? up I got it hoopty doopty I, I I dragged everything to the everything to the right except for the storage because I don't need like more than a terabyte yep so yeah you like it I don't know comes the 15th. oh you haven't gotten it yet no I ordered it yesterday you've just like in, you've expressed your intent with dollars to have a new laptop. Yeah, exactly. I made a contract with Apple. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. I yes, I did it. Oh, it was the very last. So I've been I I opened two credit cards three months ago to buy two laptops. One for Hannah, one for me. We both. She's on a 2013 MacBook Pro. I'm on a 2015 mm-hmm. MacBook Pro. And she's the, yeah, she's a, the photographer. Yeah. Um. So her MacBook Pro is not good at all, mm-hmm. at all. So. Mm-hmm she got uh anyway ordered her one and i've just been slacking and i just checked i was like let's just see when the last day is to to make a purchase to get the minimum you know to, to get meet the, the minimum uh, spend to get the bonus. yeah exactly bonus fee and it was september bonus. 3rd <laughs> i looked and i was like i'm looking i'm like can i buy it today does it mean yeah. september 3rd is count? right and i think it does cool so as long as it hits the, the which cards i could actually check today i would see um capital one venture cards Mm-hmm. just like no you know no frills cards that give you fifty thousand points bonuses cool. so yeah man oh dude you know what i was looking so i was going through other credit cards today i have mm-hmm. the chase sapphire reserve mm-hmm. and it's a really good travel card the annual fee is like 500 bucks or something mm-hmm. like that it's ridiculous but you get like three hundred dollars just straight up travel credit like it's so it's it's not actually that much but i, I resent started, when people tell me about good chase cards why i'm lifetime blacklisted from chase bank what yeah when i was 19 i fucked him on like a 700 dollars student credit card <laughs> and so i can never have another chase carter for the rest of my life dude yeah that's a big deal <laughs> yeah they're wow. like some some of the best cards too i only care about the chase cards all the other ones yeah, that's, are just that's open the and thing. closed i've had to construct a life around not oh being able to have gosh, the chase cards dude. so i'm like full amex that's insane yeah wow well and it, it I've heard of people online. If you go to the forums, yeah. you know, you talk, you see the people talk. Mm-hmm. The people who have like their credit score in their forum signature. Oh, cool. You know? Okay, <laughs> those guys on those the credit guys. card forums. Um, they, I have heard tell of people getting off of the blacklist about twenty years after their initial infraction. Oh wow! So that's insane. Who knows? 20, There's still twenty years hope to for life one day. For yeah. Maybe wow. what, for my 40th birthday, I can get myself a chase right. card. Get yourself a freedom. <laughs> get myself a freedom. Not even unlimited. Right. <laughs> Just a freedom. 
<laughs> they only let you cheese. get the freedom. Yeah, it will give you the freedom, but it's limited. Right. <laughs> it's not <laughs> the limited freedom. Limited freedom. They the the, the chase tri- trifecta um you know, is my, my mm. regular rotation here and the reserve. I just started looking at benefits for fun. You know, I, I went there to look at for, I don't know, whatever I, I make like sort of like a flow chart for Hannah of like, mm-hmm. here's it. You need to buy groceries. This is what you should use, you know, yeah. like, and it changes by every quarter and whatnot. Um, so the reserve, I went to check. And so I started digging into all the benefits you get with it. And dude, you wouldn't believe what you get with this freaking card. Is like, that the one with the rotating target? No, that's the the Chase Freedom. That's the the little uh-huh. you know kitty card that has that, which is actually uh-huh. super valuable, the five percent. But um, but no, I'm just gonna throw it all right at you, so we don't waste too much time on this. Mm-hmm. It basically it provides you so there's lounge access at a bunch like yep. tons of airports. You can go to those lounges, which it. is great. Mm-hmm. A bunch of extra like redemption things, fifty percent of extra your value of points when you redeem travel uh hotel stuff rental stuff but there's also like purchase protection return protection if you try to return something that you bought and the retailer doesn't let you within 120 days or within 90 days you can just get refunded for it from chase if you get like any item that even you if own, the retailer doesn't take the item back yeah yep so and- wait could you then run a scheme where Oh, dude. You, you buy things from stores that don't accept returns and then just try and return them and then get the money back. I bet you could get something you... going with that. Interesting. Um, yeah, there's uh, if there's theft protection. If anything you own is stolen within 90 days of you buying it or damaged, you just get refunded for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, the list is so long of things. If you, if you rent a car and don't get collision insurance, then get it in an accident, they'll cover it. Um if it but if your baggage is late if your flight is canceled or if there's like an overnight they just give you 500 bucks and you can just <laughs> nice. you know per night that you need to do that um so per person traveling hard. with you yeah. <laughs> so if you have like four people in your family that every one of you gets 500 dollars for a hotel and meals and do that is what you like supplies it if you die on an airplane with a ticket you bought on this card you get a million dollars for real if you get dismembered maybe yeah. it's like expenses are covered up to you know your your medical expenses yeah. or whatever you know i bet if you die you just get the million i don't know man yeah you gotta get a fat milli just if you dying. get dis if you're dismembered it's up to a million if it's on the trip that you're on from the flight you bought from them then it's all the same things but for a hundred grand mm-hmm. if i am traveling anywhere for more than a week with with the flights that I bought with this card, or even if I just bought like tours on that trip from this card, mm-hmm. any I, an, an ambulance ride is free uh, if I book it through Chase. I, I call Chase when I lose my limb. It's so funny that Chase has stepped in to fill the role of government in this case. Seriously. Right? These are all just things that the state should provide you as a citizen. But <laughs> <laughs> so because as we're a, guy a failed with... state, we have to lean on Chase. Right. As a guy with no health insurance, I'm now yeah. like, wait a minute. Even with I take like car trips, I should consider flying because your medical expenses are covered up to twenty five hundred bucks on a trip. Um, Have you considered yeah. not having a permanent residence and just everything is a trip? <laughs> there are day lengths, uh, but um, yeah, if I just keep changing right. the trip, yeah, just don't live anywhere for more than sixty days. I think right, and during those sixty days, take zero risks. Right, if you're gonna do a risk, do it out of town. <laughs> right. 
Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, even, well, if I was traveling all the time, I could take risks because then I, yeah, my that's what I'm saying. Medical stuff would be covered. You just got to wait. You just got to wait till you leave. Right. Yeah. You have to be a hundred miles a away from your, your home <laughs> to, for this stuff to work. But dude, the list goes on and on. You get like DoorDash credit, all sorts of stuff. So anyway, but I was floored by that medical stuff. I had no idea. It's like, that's insane. That's crazy. So. So that's yeah. very wild. So Chase Sapphire Reserve, friends, if you're looking for a, a card. <sighs> wow, that sounds like something dope that I'll enjoy in my 40s, maybe. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> Dude, I bet the uh, the Amex... Um, the, Platinum? The, uh, yeah, I bet that has yeah. like almost the same sort of setup. It has a lot of those things, but uh, I don't know how much of it applies to like not like non-flight. Like This seems like it just covers your whole trip. Like anything that happens between right. your arrival and return yeah is like yeah whatever that's on us yep which is crazy yeah it's cool chase is cool man okay so that that's that i just wanted to make sure that we covered some of the some of that ground you got yeah. anything decal i'm you glad got anything on the covered. ground here um no i like the amex trifecta it's not as good as the chase trifecta but i like it yeah, yeah the, they got the uh the everyday preferred which is great because you, you, if you hit 30 purchases in a month with it, so you got to just like, if you're buying like a lighter or like a, you know, whatever. 30 lighters. You use your, uh, you use your, your everyday preferred. But if you make 30 purchases in a month with it, it uh, increases your total point income by 50%. Oh, that's really smart of them to do it yeah. the number of purchases and not the dollar amount. Yeah, yeah. Because huh. it's the every day, right? So there's 30 days in a month. If you just oh. make a purchase every day with it, then gotcha. You get your you get your extra 50 percent on top. Oh, word. Okay, it's interesting. Nice. So yeah, but yeah, we all we also have like a hierarchy of cards, but um, you know, it's basically the gold covers most of the things that Charlotte would spend money on, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like if you're eating at a restaurant, you use the gold. If you're going to a grocery store, you use the gold. Yeah. Anything related to food, you use the gold. Yeah. Uh, and then. You use the everyday preferred for gas and right. anything else. Okay. So, cool. Yeah. It's a simple system. Sweet beans. So you can't even get Southwest cards because they're Chase cards. Oh, I've never tried. I have no interest in Southwest, and they don't have it. And yet. Marriott too. Kind uh, of no, there. Marriott has Amexes. Is that right? I have a Chase Marriott, uh, or maybe it's Hilton that has Amexes. I don't know. Yeah. I forget. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, so decal. Oh, so yeah, huh. so you're uh, you're in a live wire now, huh? Uh, well, not only am I into it, I'm in it. You're in it, bro. Um, dude, I'm deep in it. We got to tell um, the story that of why you're in it. Yeah, dude, this is wild. Okay, so to the listener and the user, um, I have a job, and with that job, uh, comes an app, and with that app comes the potential to like rewrite parts of that app uh that are like shitty old legacy code into like good new code and we were at this turning point where we were going to decide how we were going to handle some of these sort of micro apps within our app um and we were either going to basically write react front ends and use inertia uh or that was the main that was the main contender. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I I've been subtly and not so subtly pushing for what if we considered Livewire for this slot instead mm-hmm. the whole time I've been here, right? 
Mm-hmm. And we were coming to the point where like the decision had to be made because the code was going to be written. And once we write it in inertia, now it's inertia. And now we are an inertia company, right? And now yeah. we are like in bed with inertia and we're not going to have inertia and live wire. So yeah. that just like cuts out my opportunity to ever write live wire at work, mm-hmm. which I was very sad about. So I made a final big push on like the eve of <laughs> the eve of writing this code where I was like, but what if we thought a little bit about Livewire here? And it worked out that Caleb's V2 talk was like two days later at Laracon. Mm-hmm. And so all these things came together. Uh, Chris was, uh, you know, Chris had some concerns that we'll talk about in a second. But the um, when he saw your V2 talk, he was pretty, pretty jazzed about it, as was I and as was everyone. Um, the Entangle stuff is just very like intoxicating to think about um and uh anyway the thing we need is we have a exam that we're creating right that home inspectors need to take to become internet members right and uh this exam is like multiple questions in a row right and the thing that we want to do that you cannot do in livewire is have progress the user from question one to question two within a live wire component and have the URL update from question slash one to question slash two. And we so want the thing to- that they want is possible if they used the query string to track the questions. Right. Um, so that, so well, let me pick this up here. So then mm-hmm. I get a, uh, I get a call from decal or a message like hey can you hop on with me and my boss chris and i'm like yeah sure so i hop on the zoom call they're pitching oh they made a pr and they're pitching it yeah. to me and whatever the so and the pr we made was like really literal which was like give users explicit control over the url yes and um so you know we after like kind of getting to the bottom of it really ultimately they all they want is to just not have the query string tracking some. So if it's like a wizard form and there's step one, step two, instead of like slash wizard question mark step equals one, they want it to be slash step slash one and then slash step slash two, which makes sense for for reasons, whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. but just to be clear that like you know all the functionality existed for this thing to happen, it just had to use the existing query string tools that I demoed at La- on Laracon. If to and if nobody saw that or if you didn't see that. Um, it's, you can update the query string kind of automatically and it uses push state and you get the back button, whatever. Um, so the fun part of this call is that we will, we'll explain a little bit about what came out of it, but I just think like the, the most fun part of this call is that we went down, down the hill, like, mm-hmm. or maybe all the way up- down to like, what is the contract that a browser makes with a user regarding the URL bar? Oh yeah. Like URL philosophy. And we're yeah. going back and forth. And it's just like an episode of No Plans to Merge. There's a lot of like deconstructing other people's statements, you know, mm-hmm. which I don't know if Chris is used to. Chris is a listener. So he's, but he's I think heard he, it. He caught up. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it was one of those things that I sort of realized halfway through that I was like, I, I, I need to like know my audience and not just uh, <laughs> like, just, like lambast Chris like I would Daniel. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so anyway, but so we get to this point where we've deconstructed everything. And then now we start to reconstruct and we all come to some serious aha moments and we're super fired up and we start saying things like, you know, dude, this is insane. Like, this would be crazy. I'm like giddy now. I went from like super skeptical 
down the hill of skepticism to all those things and then to like hopefulness and this is going to be crazy. And so then I realized that I have a week to do all this. Like I have already a ton to do. I can't just add this on. And I'm like, all right, well, so wait a minute. These are the people who want the feature mm-hmm. and the guy who also this programmers. Is di- right. So, well, it's different though. Cause if it's, you know, that's a normal thing. Like, okay, Daniel, mm-hmm. if in your free time you could do that, but I'm looking at Chris and I'm like, this guy, this guy's got a company. Like this is mm-hmm. different. There's money here. So I was mm-hmm. like, so Chris, so you have a company and I don't have time to do this. Can you and Daniel do this? And he's like, uh, he looks at Daniel. He's like, oh, our sprints shot anyways. And, uh, and they're like, all right, let's do it. So they, they spent the week as a company working on a feature for Livewire. And, and in the meantime, making a different feature that's related that, um, that I'm really excited about. Uh, so any, that was just like, are they secrets super cool. what they are? No, I would love to give the intro to the one, but I just wanted to make sure that everybody understood how like happy of a moment that was for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was great. And I was so excited to be able to just like work on live wire core for work. I know it's, it it's was so fun. It was like just everything was great. And I've learned so much about like how things work under the hood too. Yeah. Like the whole middleware concept of like how the middleware chaining goes with like request going up and the response going down the same middleware right. with a hydrate and dehydrate methods. And yeah, it's just like, it's cool to kind of see the inner workings of it, which right? I've been doing a ton of refactoring to today. And I have like thoughts for you. I have questions cause I'm confused awesome. on parts, but I, I think I, I think I finally made it like good. I think, you good. know, we did a huge, Daniel and I did this huge refactor the other day, which another so quick fun. story. We deleted a feature in the middle of it. Yep. And so I went to document that deletion in the change log and realized like there should be a better substitute for that functionality. And so I re I didn't reimplement the feature, but I, I ended up down this whole rabbit hole. But but that feature so Daniel and I we hop on a call, we're pairing and we re- we do this huge refactor and it takes us what? How many hours were we pairing on that thing? Well, I think we first got on a call that day at about two. Okay. And we got off the call around eight or eight thirty. Yeah, it was a freaking so long. It was a long. It was, it a, was long a long haul. And, and Chris so, was sort of on it for most of it, and then got off. And then you and right. I just paired together. It was a wild. It was a wild day. So we did this like serious refactor of this horrible piece of the system. Oh, Chris was on for this too. We did this huge refactor, and I, th- this is just something that I'm not sure this has ever happened to the degree it happened on that call. And I mm-hmm. think it's because we had three people staring at the code. I think this yeah. is what happens when you pair for a long time with three people we right. tore apart the most core part of livewire like right. tore it apart and reconstructed it and it was gnarly like not nice and it, uh, yeah it was rough so we run the tests after like hours of refactoring and Caleb goes this isn't gonna work and then runs the test and it works it just worked. We literally got it right the first time. <laughs> yeah. We didn't. The test just didn't fail. Like that That happens sometimes, you know, and you're happy when that happens. You're like, but whoa, usually this it's is a crazy. tiny little refactor. Right. Usually it's like. And this was the, like yeah. completely disemboweling live wire and like stitching it back together in a Frankenstein way. And it freaking like, worked. It is just like, yep, test run. It passes. Yep. So, <laughs> it was so that was another really cool moment for me. We, I gotta say. Um, we had a refactor this morning that uh, we had a test that had been failing since early yesterday that we had been fighting with. Okay. And we realized that there was an important refactor to be done. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did sort of a, this is sort of a thing that Chris and I have started doing because like 
he thinks really fast and I think really fast, but sometimes not in the same direction. Yeah. And so we'll just be like missing each other completely. Yep. And so one of the things that we do, we've done like a bunch of times this week while we've been pairing on this when there's really hard concepts to grasp, yeah. especially like when you're state tracking in your head and stuff. Yep. Right. Is we'll just open a scratch pad and like make a new line for each state movement. Hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then start referencing them there so that we can talk about it. So we don't have to hold these concepts in our head of like, oh, the third out of five states or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So we just sat down and we wrote out the whole state lifecycle method of the data that is um, sent up in the request and sent back in the response in the like, uh, what's it called? The state meta or whatever? Server memo? Server meta. Yeah. Server so memo. Basically the, Server memo, right? So server memo and fingerprint are hashed to get the um, to get the checksum. Checksum. We had a checksum failure, and we needed to figure to out to catch like, the why. listener up on what the checksum is, so that Livewire is secure. And like, if you Livewire stateless, so they're all AJAX requests, and Livewire has to send up the state to hydrate your component to then perform some action. And we don't want people to mess with that thing in yeah. a JavaScript runtime. Tinker with the state. Exactly. So I, you, we just generate a checksum that hashes everything together, and and it's secured with your environment key. And uh, so then on the way back, I can say if it's been tampered with, and I throw a fit or not. Right. So we had a checksum failure basically because the uh, the response doesn't send down the whole state of the component, but the request sends it up. Yeah. And so when we were replaying a request based on data that we had gotten in the response, there was some missing data. Yeah. So we had to basically like uh, cache merge it the, with like, the component yeah, data. Merge it yeah. with the state of it right before we received the message. Right. Um, but anyway, when we figured that out by like looking at this like scratch document, um, we just like wrote it and the tests passed. And it was like, it was another one of those sort of like Dope. wild things where it was just like, yeah. we looked at it really hard and then we just wrote it and it passed. There's I've been so having many a blast things like, to talk about here. Caleb, I know that you like live in this world, but I cannot tell you how fun it is to have like actually difficult. Programming. Yeah, right. I know, dude. You know, I remember when I felt that way. <laughs> like it when is it, I was like, wait, not a easy code to write. Like, <laughs> it is difficult programming. There's a lot to keep in your head. Yeah, it's like you have to you have to be holding a lot of things in your head. It's not or an writing information them down system. In, or you have to come up with a good system for writing things down, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's hard to keep all the things in your head that you have to. And it's so pleasurable to like make your brain strain in that particular way. Yeah. Because usually the strain that I have with my brain is like focus and tedium. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which is like, which is just neither the, the normal day-to-day life of building apps, right? Which yep. is like oh, yeah, I'm going to have to do this, and then I'm going to have to create a form request, and then I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to create five more boilerplate files so that I can have one API yeah. endpoint, you know? Um, and, you know, those are occasionally difficult, right? Like, occasionally you have, like, a weird edge case where, like, the discourse API returns, like, a strange thing that should be a Boolean, but right. it's actually a string, or something weird happens, Very you know? occasionally you get to do the fun, like, algo like, and all the other, you know, real, Working like, in Livewire is just like 
hard like working it's on that core. and i'm not saying using <laughs> using live wire is easy right, right? but working in core is hard <laughs> but like not because the code's bad not because yeah, anything hard problem just because it's hard yeah. and it's so fun to work on something like difficult like that's yeah. cool man i yeah. it's like i remember distinctly when i started working on livewire and realizing that like i now have more fun like i've had way more programming highs in the past year and a half than ever in my life combined you know yeah, like cause you solve an incredibly hard program or you solve an incredibly hard programming problem like by 2 p.m like every you know? day every day and it, it's, yeah. that's not totally true but it it you For know there's days. like but a lot of days and so yeah. it is a blast and they're yeah. they're and I converting the entire Jess suite to Dusk was like the first actually tedious, horrible thing I have had to do with Livewire since right, its beginning. Right. You know, that was the first thing that I was like, oh, this is what it's like to be at a job where you have to do stuff that sucks, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a giant system that you have to. <laughs> and then you know, instantly you're like, I got to hire somebody. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, somebody else should do this. <laughs> Someone, so this I, is not, this is not Caleb work. Um, um, but yeah, dude, it's, it's so fun. Okay, so let's tell them what the two features are. So there's two separate PRs that we're, that we're so adding. So let me introduce the first, then you introduce the second. Okay, cool. I want to introduce the mount method thing, and then you can do the, the URL stuff. Cool. Okay. So this mount stuff. Here's, here's, uh, here's the, the we'll, we'll lay a foundation. Um, if you saw my Laracon talk, and even if you didn't, but you, we'll have some common ground here. We'll use the sponsor component that I had in my Laracon talk where it was um, whatever, both of them. Let's say let's say that the second one, it was the sponsor form. And so in the mount method of that LiveWire component, you pull in sponsor. It comes from the URL. So it's like route get slash sponsor slash curly brace sponsor for the route model binding. Then you pass in the show or the sponsor form component, uh, whatever. Yeah. And then, uh, and then in the mount method of that component, you pull it in like you would in a controller's method further out model binding. Okay. Then you say this arrow sponsor equals sponsor. So you set that sponsor as a public property on your component, right? So the more and more streamlined that Livewire gets, the more these patterns kind of settle in. The mount method used to be more interesting. And now Livewire is just doing so much for you that the mount method is like not interesting at all. And it's yeah. most of the time and it's kind of a bummer that you have to have it. Yeah. And it's ugly. And you have to, the mount method is the place where you basically, every time any component accepts parameters, which is most of the time, mm -hmm. you pull them in from the parameters and the entirety of the mount method is generally just doing this arrow something equals something, you know, yep. over and over. And it's really dumb. And I remember when I was constructing my talk, I saw that. And, and I was I, looking at the Livewire 1 docs for a query string too. Yeah. And like the way that you had to like, reg, like oh, set yeah. that up in the mount method was... Totally. Oof. Yeah, compared dude. to now where you just say like query string, query string equals, equals post, yeah. dude. The the arc of Livewire just like trends drastically towards like uh, autumn removing bad removing, stuff from the mount method. Yeah, it's like basically the the Livewire story is like find a thing that feels like something you don't have to do and mm -hmm. find a way to make the developer not have to do it. But mm -hmm. so uh, this. This uh, mount method thing. I when I was constructing the talk, I remember this moment that I thought that's not good. Like that's actually the one piece of this that doesn't look that good. Like it, everything else to me looks so good, and that's one part that just doesn't look that good or feel good. 
So mm-hmm. at a roundabout way, Daniel and, and Chris didn't come on the call suggesting this. You know, they had like a yeah, different this, this came after the deconstruction and during the reconstruction. <laughs> yes. And it's like, we wait, by the way, we could this. also, what if we did this? And then we, I actually went off and like sat about, like thought about it overnight because we didn't even come up with what I'm about to say. And then I pitched it to you guys and Chris was like, I was thinking the same thing. Like I thought the same thing. We should do this. So here's what it is. No more mount method. That's it. You can use it if you want. But if you don't, it's not required. It's not required. Livewire will automatically match the name. So if you have a Livewire component and you pass in any parameter called foo or bar, you pass those in, you know, just to name a few random names off the top of my head. It could be called foo, could be called bar, maybe even bass. Yeah. Yeah. And so you pass foo bar. And if there's a public property named foo, it'll set it. No need for the mount method. It just names name matches on the public property name, just like how route model binding does. You know, this is not something that Laravel doesn't have a precedence for. Um, so I think it is fantastic. And I just sort of realized like, oh my gosh, I will very rarely use the mount method now, which is totally awesome. And the next level oh, up. Wait, Caleb, how do I actually route model bind? Right. So if you think about it for route model binding, Okay, here's here's the case, user, listener, developer. You have mm-hmm. route colon colon get sponsor slash sponsor. We're just going to talk about a normal controller, no liveware. Sponsor yep. slash curly brace sponsor. If in that controller method, so if it's some controller at show or post or whatever, mm-hmm. in that sponsor controller method, yeah, in the sponsor controller, in that method, you have the parameters. If you have a parameter named sponsor, Laravel will pass that parameter into it. So if you, in the in the browser, if you say, slash sponsor slash two then laravel is going to set that parameter in your method to two if you decide to instead type hint that parameter to the sponsor model then you get route model binding and then laravel will say oh they're type hinting the sponsor parameter so we should assume that the number two is a key for that model we'll look it up we'll pass it in which is generally exactly what you were doing in the mount method. Exactly. The mount method is no different than a normal controller method. It does method. exactly what a normal controller method does, except what are we going to do now that we don't have a mount method, Caleb? Right. How, How do we, we know that public bind? sponsor, we should route model bind public sponsor? In PHP 7.4, you can add, there's typed properties. So you can actually Type state properties. the type of the property, and now it will automatically route model bind if this you is, add the this type. This is like the exact type of shit that you need to Chris around for. Cause I'm never gonna think of typed properties. <laughs> you know, type properties are such they're like Chris is a PHP Storm guy, right? And I think PHP Storm guys do have an innate advantage when it comes to thinking of type hints as the solution to a problem. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because they just love their type hints, right? Because they they're they're just you know, they're shackled to their IDE. That's right. Um but uh but yeah, so Chris being such a type hint guy is just like, oh, what about uh, typed properties? And it was just like, oh my God. Like you can just public user user at the top of your file and you it's done. You're done. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And so it would be awesome. I haven't done this, but we should. If you could earn, you know what? It would just do this automatically. What was I thinking? Now forget it. Because you could type a property as a collection and it would automatically be a collection. 
No, I might have to do that. I think I have to, whatever. That'll be a PR at some point where somebody go, I want to be able to type a property as a, you know, dude, I think it would work. It, it would work. Okay. Anyway, it would work. You could just type a, prop, a public property as a collection and it'll be dehydrated to an array and then rehydrated as a collection. So, so wild. Anyway, yeah. So there's some really good stuff there. And uh, this is a huge piece of the puzzle that I wish I could have demoed at Laricon because I think it's, it is the missing piece to the, you know, the story that's been started with Livewire 2 of setting models as properties and being able to bind to them directly with wire model all that stuff like with these with these with this mount thing this is like it it can't it doesn't get any more expressive and and not you know verbose as this <laughs> yeah <laughs> you it's know? so cute it's just like yeah. the, only the things you need the public property automatically gets bound and added to the component and it gets automatically made available to the view so yeah. well and like one of the great promises of livewire is like killing boilerplate yeah. you know yeah like guess what you don't have to like uh, artisan make controller now like that's not a part of your life anymore yeah right and like uh you don't have to there's all kinds of stuff that you don't have to do um as far as files you don't have to create boilerplate that's the same every single feature that you don't have to write yep. right and so this is just a like this just feels so in spirit to be like mount method that's kind of boilerplatey huh we don't do boilerplate here yeah. let's, let's just chop that shit off at the ankles totally yeah. And the re- you don't actually need a render method either. It's yeah. just a facade. Like it well it's it's not a facade, but if you don't include a render method in a liveware component, it will assume the view name cuz if you use the conventions like artisan make com- liveware and just do that, you can just delete the render method. Um so, so you could have a component that has like public post post, you know, like a post model and that's it. Chris is for never going to class portion. Chris is going Chris is going to make us have render methods. I know it. Because I bet the IDE would break if we just let it assume things. I don't know. Actually, it, <laughs> yeah, it would because it, it would have had render before, mm-hmm. but because we do dependency injection and render method now, I had to remove the the underlying render method from the mm-hmm. component class and make it magical. Mm. You know, make it like, make it call a render method if the method exists, not just call a a base render method so gotcha yeah php storm i don't, I don't know who knows but who cares dude php who storm knows? screw php storm yeah. you, you heard it here you heard it here first um chris is asking me are you still recording i'm gonna say yes <laughs> <laughs> so um, that, that's feature number one that's now that we have one. that bedrock feature number two daniel dude feature number two is a sick one okay so like our our scenario right it's like a multi-step wizard Step one, step two, step three, right? And what we want to do is swap out the step, navigate, like show, render the step, you know, on the page and uh, like advance you from step one to step two to step three, have the URL bar update like it would if we were making full page requests between steps, um, but not make full page requests between steps. We also want the back button to work so that if you go step one to step two and then press back, you go back to step one, the page renders step one again, and the URL bar says step one, right? So that was like the the goal. Well, LiveWire already has this query string stuff, um, and all of that logic is happening on the client side in LiveWire by default, right? So it is basically managing uh, managing the query string and like what variables to set and merging them and unmerging them and uh, and cr- 
constructing the query string and then setting it to the history and reading it from the history, blah, blah, blah. All that's happening on the client side in Livewire now. Um, and so as we were talking about building something where you could uh, update the path um, based on a path that you got from the server, we also got into the discussion of let's move the query string logic to the server as well. So now what you have uh, in Livewire working, tested, but with a bunch of comments and console logs in it that I need to delete after this call <laughs> um, is a crazy, crazy situation where basically uh, if you uh, change, if you send up a request to Livewire that changes a property that is a model that was route model binded or route model bound, um, Livewire will just update the URL to match the thing that you've changed. Yep. Right. So if you say slash sponsors slash slash one, Livewire right route model binds that to sponsor number one, and then on your sponsor show page it shows you sponsor number one. Right. So if I now push up a request to Livewire called update sponsor to two. Right now, the state has changed in Livewire, so the view is going to change, obviously, because that's how Livewire works. But also now, the URL is going to change to reflect that, and you get full history support, back button support, blah blah blah, and you can mix and match the query string stuff and the path stuff. So, if you set a query string variable in the middle, and then another path string variable after that, like the whole history state is like married and works together. So, no page refresh, URL updates with history support. It's yep. wild. And because because we're we're not relying on the mount method anymore, um, like we've just kind of closed the loop between what's in a route parameter and what is the public property. So yeah. we don't have to maintain like a map of whatever. Like it just works. So if you just set post to post and then change post, it's almost like kind of what you would expect if you didn't understand the constraints of web development. You'd be mm -hmm. like, well, yeah, I went to user slash one and then I changed user to, to the second user. The URL should now say user slash two, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's one of those things that you're like, wait, but is that going to like cause all these weird effects? But it doesn't because if <laughs> because you've changed the URL to be something else, you're like, well, what if it changes it to something that is different so that if you refresh the page on a fresh refresh, Laravel's going to like freak out. It can't because it's a closed loop like it's hard to describe but if you think about it like the thing that comes in from the url when that changes it changes to something else if you refresh the page that something else is now going to go back through the route parameter in laravel and do the same thing mm -hmm. i don't know it's just kind of crazy and it's really cool like the way the the other like really cool thing that we like learned as a side effect of this is that the, the way that we're making this work, the way that we're making back button support work is by replaying the messages that Livewire sends down to the client, right? Yeah. So we're storing them. So when, when we receive a message from Livewire, if that message causes the URL to update, then we're now saving the state immediately before we receive the message and the message itself. And we're storing that to the history so that when we press the back button, we're extracting that data, setting the state to what it was right before we received the message, and replaying the message so that we get literally the exact same HTML, the exact same state of Livewire that we had right before we received the message. Yep. It's so wild. It's like event sourcing for HTML, 
right? It's really crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, it's totally crazy. It uses history to just sort of navigate forward and backward on this. Like, it's crazy because you would think like if this was like a view component or some front end thing, you would you're like, okay, that makes sense. Like every time you make a transformation or at some point you could persist the state of everything into the URL push state so that when you hit the back button, you just like changes, you re kind of set everything and it all just updates. But with a full stack framework, you know, like you just don't think that something like that would be even possible. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah. And so when the initial update doesn't even hit the server, right? So we hit back, we just reload the data straight from the client so it's instant. And then we make a, rec- a refresh request to the server to say, hey, yeah. has anything changed about the this data since then? That's the kind of interesting thing that I think I think is good because I think you wouldn't often, I think it's really good. I think it's good. I do think it's good because I don't I don't think you would often get page jank at all. But you well, could almost never is right. there going to actually be a change. Yeah, exactly. Right? That that so is usually, the key. Dude, I didn't yeah, understand it's, it's that when we were talking UI. about that. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Oh, sorry for the <laughs> I just screamed into the mic. I'm yeah. freaking out. Usually I back away when I do that. Dude. Yeah. That's freaking sick. So when, yeah. when they're pitching this to me, they have this system that just like he described. So you make a live wire request. So let's we got the counter. User, listener, developer. You got a counter component. You're hitting. This is all live wire counter. You hit one, two, three. The AJAX request goes to the back end with the state count equals one, and then it sends an update along with that payload that says make count two. Then it comes back. Count is now two. The new HTML. It swaps it on the page. Now, because of what Decal is describing, this mechanism where we're watching for specific things to change if it's bound to the URL, whatever. When so let's say that let's say that the URL also says count slash one you know mm-hmm. that's actually pretty interesting you could easily make a counter component that has a url parameter for the count yep. that's a good little demo fun thing so count one you go you hit plus now you go to count two and your count when you go to count two so the system that they created stores the html at that point in time like using dot outer html like takes the whole chunk and puts it in the history state and as you go forward it keeps doing that so when you hit the back button, their solution was, well, just swap out the previous outer HTML. Um, yeah, wait a second. Swap out the previous outer HTML and then send the request so that you're not, you know, setting stale component stuff. Like like consider if you had a, a real timer on there, like some PHP like now method and you went right. hit the back. You know what I mean? Like there's just weird stuff. So you want to get the fresh thing from the server uh, every time. But so what decol so I was like, that sucks, I think, because like, why even set that initial thing? Like, it's going to feel good, but it's not, it's not going to feel good when the page just like blips, you know, it right. shows the the old HTML instantly. The request comes back from the server and it replaces it. Um, but what Daniel's saying is that because it's storing the state that generated that HTML along with itself, that request it sends, if the request is deterministic, which likely it is. Sometimes you might be re- re- referring to some database entry that's changed. And in that case, you would get a tiny blip. But most of the time, it would feel completely instantaneous, which is right. wild. So the only reason for the refresh is to deal with data changes, right? Other than that, like to deal with like somebody, somebody else on their machine updated the name of a user. And now the username needs to update on our screen as well, Yeah. right? But that is such a rare case of like 
applic you know like those sort those are the sorts of things that so many applications like handle very badly right which are like what happens when two people are editing the same model at the same time mm-hmm. you know or like when someone's viewing a model as it's being edited you know like sometimes things get cached and they don't get updated for <laughs> for 20 minutes you know like um so it's like yeah i think i think an, a, a tiny and it's literally the length of a request that that data persists on the page before it gets blipped it's so short yeah right? it almost should be like yeah i don't know this is that futuristic stuff where if we like you, you could put a hundred like millisecond state. uh so you could do that you could do you could have like a hundred millisecond throttle just to give the request time to come back if it wants to quickly. I don't. I don't like that. Honestly, I think this is better. I know because it's because going it's to feel just instant. like in ninety five percent of cases, you just get instant. As long as it feels that way, yeah, yeah. And in reality, this isn't something that people are going to be using all the time. This right. isn't a feature that most people are going to hit very often. Right. Um, it's if you're using I Query think String, start using it a lot, or if you're using the URL bar. So this is the this is the foundation for the future of LiveWire, which is LiveWire SPA SPA mode, where this feature is basically drives the entire application. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, and be- I mean, our our exam system is going to be a LiveWire SPA that's written very soon, <laughs> right? Like it is a LiveWire single page application with. There are going to be like multiple routes on the back end so that mm-hmm. you could route into the SPA from a couple different places. Mm-hmm. But once you're in it, all the state management and all of that routing is happening just using this feature. So there's yeah, no page refreshes. There's just history pushes. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's crazy. And like you can just, now that this feature exists, you can just do that. Like you can build a Livewire right. SPA. Right. You can today. actually build a Livewire SPA you, given what all you the can't tools. Do, it just the wouldn't thing be. That's, like, the thing that's still missing aesthetic. is like, you need to have a a single parent component. Right, you'd have to have a manager component. Right. Yeah. There so we still haven't hit the world where you can navigate from one component to another in SPA mode. Like one yeah. page level component to another page level component in SPA mode. Right, you just need your one SPA so that's mode coming component. Soon, I hope Caleb. coming soon maybe. But um that's V3 all day. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's it's very cool. I'm really excited about it. I'm super pumped to have a reliable push state system. This is this is it. Like, oh, and also the server deterministic <coughs> URL building stuff is crazy good. Yeah, yeah. Like getting the logic of building up the URLs off the client is. Great. Mm. Um, Daniel, the so like you know this is another brick on the wall of LiveWire of like components that um. Like th- this is the like LiveWire as a pattern thing. It's like this type of framework should have a system that does it the same way that this type of framework should have a system to morph DOM to you know to to update the DOM, manipulate the DOM without clear without wiping the entire DOM every time. And so I I just even thought like I was like well oh because I I'm stuck in my TurboLink's mind. They're like oh but you hit that back button and when you swap that dot or dot out or HTML you wiped all the runtime. So if you have some JavaScript component you just broke it. Not true. Because that dot outer HTML gets handled like the way normally a liveware request gets handled, which is through the morph DOM system that is like ridiculously smart and keeps Alpine state up and running. And anything, you know, if, if you use liveware with success, the back button will be no different. You know, it won't be any different. My favorite it's part so about wild. this is that it's such a predictable system. Yeah. And even the parts of it that aren't, 
like the fact that you're creating these faux messages and whatnot, that's okay. Like I would much rather fix some little bug in the way you create some faux message and store it in the push state than in the way you basically recreate You only it. do that once. You only do that on component initialized. After that, they're real right. messages. Oh my gosh, dude. That's so freaking nuts. That's insane. It's wild. That's so nuts. Anyway, so things are crazy over here. This this yeah. feature is pretty cool. Big and they, week. Big week. They refactored my query string system completely, which is great. The query string system that I built behaved differently in a few key ways but like the long story short is that um, that they're doing a lot more work on the back end, which is great. It supports nested components. That's the yep. other crazy thing. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of crazy things that, and I didn't, fu- I fundamentally didn't understand push state from, well, push state in the context of multiple components. That's the yeah. thing that I had not really encountered. Dude, there was this hilarious the time traveling for- problems with that. Yeah. There's this hilarious moment for the user who doesn't know about our many calls that we've had this week. But one of them, we were on there and we were just talking about like a bug with query strings in nested components. And we were talking about like this scenario where there's two counters. Hmm. And everyone on the call was holding their hands up in front of the screen with the left hand representing foo and the right hand representing bar. And so we're like, everyone's just repeating back to each other okay now foo is foo one. one now bar is one now foo is two now foo is three bar is two but now foo is removed right because we like, had a conditional was, if foo is two bar is not theirs so everybody just has to it was, yeah it was so funny because we were all just standing there like with our hands up making motions to like it was one of those things that like they had already slogged on this problem for so long I was like coming into it fresh and they were like way off to sea. Like they had completely lost touch with even the fundamental problem. But it was important to to explain it to you too, because that made us ground the problem. Right. Totally. Right. Yeah. And you kept bringing it back to that. Daniel kept being like, no solution space guys, no solution space, problem space only. Yeah. Um, uh, My favorite part of that call. And this is one of my favorite experiences in, in communal programming ever. And I think that it was represented in its fullest form which is uh at least i don't i don't remember what you guys were doing but you called it you're like okay i'm closing my eyes now and so daniel closes his eyes puts his head down i'm like great so i close my eyes i have my head down and i just don't even lift it for the longest time and I'm, we're like talking to each other my eyes are closed and my head is on the desk and we're trying to figure out we're trying to communicate to each other and it's just such a good way to transfer knowledge when you're not like take away the screen. You've already heard me rant about screen sharing prematurely, mm-hmm. but even more equally st- seeing each other's faces too. Sometimes you got to go dark. You got to yeah. just close your eyes and really, try to explain it was really something nice. to someone. It was you know, peaceful. Yeah, it was nice because we were just like, all right, close, like close eyes. Okay, now foo is one. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Foo is one. Yeah. Yeah, dude, we solved some stuff. It was cool. So good week. It's been uh, good yeah, week. and it's been great to have friends helping out. Um, yeah, it's been great, and a ton of people have been helping. Adrian Nurenberger, whatever, he's been helping a lot. Um, just you know, helping out with issues basically, and he did more dust test refactoring, and Dan Heron did some stuff. Uh, so and then Marcel's doing this Dev Tools thing. So basically, I'm waking up. This is what my days are like this week. I got a ton to do because I got to get all yeah. this documentation. And ref- I got to get. I have a ton to do. But uh, you know, waking up, I'll, I'll have a message from Dan, from Adrian, 
from you and Chris in your chat from Marcel guaranteed to tell me something or communicate something or ask something. And then now Taylor because of Jetstream stuff. So basically it's like everybody's just kind of in the You're team. Just project managing really it's hard. It's fun. And but yeah. it's like the best kind of project managing because I have like like no authority and full authority, you know? Right. <laughs> like I well, don't... and it's like and the thing you've been talking about, like the thing that you want where like you had a hard time paying people to close issues and stuff. Yeah. But it's like this is kind of a different setup because it's like uh it's cool because ultimately like you're gonna make the call one way or another on right. anything. Yeah. But like we've had a conversation beforehand, so we feel pretty empowered to go in certain directions. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's you not know? some blind pull request that you're just crossing your fingers and you know that like oh right. if he like, could I'm only hear my you, pitch, he would pull it in, but he's gonna I'm think it's to too you complicated. At least every every other day. You For know? sure. Mostly yeah. every day. Yeah. You know? And I'm hearing like something from you. Right. So like I know I'm not going off into like nowhere land where nothing is permitted and i'm not super intimidated by these prs because i basically understand them and i i like i've been able to communicate to you and chris like like things like values yeah Yeah. exactly the values like predictable systems you know even that yeah just things like uh um i don't know like i i when i i was like guys just produce if you can produce the smallest thing you possibly can (laughs) you know like Mm-hmm. All of the extra things you think you might need, leave them out. Like, let's yeah, let yeah. the bugs happen and then drive those parts out rather than, you know, prematurely. Like, I even, I just encountered a part today. There was a bug in file uploads on Vapor with Jetstream, if you can follow yeah. that, uh, when Taylor was testing it. So he told me about it and he, he like, looked, he knew the line of code that was bad. And, and it, it was just something that I had done to try to make file uploads faster. And I'd done it early and I uh-huh. never encountered the problem. I just did it because I thought basically the idea is you upload a temporary file and then when you go to store it, I thought instead of using Laravel's normal file storage system, which would have to read the file and then store it, read the stream and store the stream, I'll just copy the file so I can use like AWS's copy functionality so that it can handle that because there's no read. So I do this check where like if the storage disk is the same, use copy, don't use the normal put stuff. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't pass it's a different system so the so if you don't pass if you try, try to pass a visibility is public option it doesn't handle that so it was one of those things where i was like i made an early call i shouldn't have i should have let this pain build up in the real world and i should have gone with the more predictable system so i backed out the change it's not a breaking change and i backed it out and now it's a predictable system you know it's like use one thing don't make two things. <laughs> That's like the most valuable programming advice ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like use one thing. Don't use two things. Which, yeah. Which is like what we're doing with messages. You know, it's just like, just use messages. We have messages. They exist. They work. Right. All the logic for parsing messages and updating state and all that already exists. Right. And for don't, the user messages like patch means. patch on like a different system for manually updating the query string. Right. Instead, and in like, the same thing, like don't have a query string system and a URL parameter set one yeah. system that updates system. the URL and push state, whether it's a query string update or a URL update, because then, you know, then you got your harmony going on. It's so cool. Yeah. I've been having so much fun, dude. That's great, D. Cole. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, good, I've been having fun, stuff. too. And the the things coming along v, uh Jetstream. Um, it's I checked it all out with V2 and I upgraded I updated Taylor's blade to work with V2 mm-hmm. um and entangle and stuff like that. It all works great. And uh 
yeah so i'm pumped about that i mean it's, that's gonna be huge like i, yeah, I think giant. i think i told you that like i was half giddy that this is happening like i had known that but for some reason it didn't really sink in until i watched taylor demo it that like yeah wait a minute everybody's gonna use live wire or inertia now but right like it's like wait a minute like this is very different now and and it was this first this moment of kind of like excitement and then this moment of pants shitting of like oh my gosh i gotta make sure i'm ready i can't break anything like just like i i try not to break anything but now i like really really need to try really really hard because until now everyone using livewire was kind of an early adopter right yeah. someone who like sought out livewire thought it was cool and said i'm going to experiment with this yeah i'll, right? I'll say that but between now, in the past 6 months it's been more than early adopters but still yes it's not it's we're still it's like, in the adoption phase early adoption right. phase but like this it's like someone might just want to use jetstream and not be aware of livewire yeah exactly and now they're using livewire yes they might they not even LiveWire use livewire beyond jetstream yeah yeah so yeah it's yeah it is wild it is totally wild i'm actually curious about something that i should probably just wait till this call is over to see but i just realized a ah, i can't say it on air i'll have to tell you after i just cool. needed to check something to see if anyway i'm so sorry everyone i wish i could tell you <laughs> It'd be kind of a dick move to tell you um uh. so yeah so um yeah so i'm pumped dude uh I mean, we're we're getting there, we're totally getting there. Oh yeah, dude! And it's it, been fun to like work with you this week, dude. Yeah, super fun. Just buds, buds yep. writing some code, dude. It's great. It is fantastic. We changed one of the major, one of the probably the biggest change that we made to Livewire together is that we swapped all of your arrows out for good ASCII arrows. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You had these bad like yeah, I had using V's and, carrots and carrots for up and down for up and down arrows, and that was bad. Now we got ASCII arrows. It's the kind of quality ASCII that comes out of arrows. a good parent pairing session. You know, yeah. one of the things that doesn't happen when I'm programming alone, I'm more defensive or I'm more scared to to do. I don't know what it is. When, yeah. when I'm programming with Daniel, well, by the way, these sessions are like, like you'd think we're like hammered or something. Like we're just laughing our asses off like half yeah. the time it's very funny i have I, we, I have so much freaking fun and uh but like if i'm pairing with daniel it'll be just like on this on this podcast where i'll be we'll be doing something i'll be like dude do we even need this you know and then, and then if it's even. just me then i'm just like maybe i don't know well someone might need it and you know but if it was daniel and i'm just like nah fuck it kill like, it <laughs> and then i'm like dude <laughs> done <laughs> dude we're doing it dude we deleted a feature cool. <laughs> that's a feature i wanted to delete and i did pull yeah. on twitter and not many people use it anyway yeah casters are going 14.8 percent if i recall yeah and, and that was the thing you were like dude only 14.8 percent of people use this feature do we need to keep it and i was like 14.8 nah it doesn't nah. sound important <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah and it, and we're like refactoring between a breaking change is the best feeling in the world because you feel like you can actually like do big things and you feel like you have more grace because when somebody goes and tries v2 like when when any new laravel version comes out you know there's a period of of patch fixes like you know there's like a and it just it starts off high and then it slims down as like the week and then the month goes on um so i always give a laravel release space you know Mm -hmm. because i know like things got to shake out yeah, and if so, you're trying it early, you're trying it because you want to get in on that. Right, 
And so V2, I feel great because I don't feel like I'm going to like really ruin somebody's day or experience with LiveWire if one tiny thing doesn't work. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to make the experience good and the API good and set the foundation for V2 and then work on really hardening it in a way that you can't do without it being in the wild and users submitting bugs. Yep. Um, and then we'll fix stuff and then it'll be hard. And then you have both things, you know, then you have a good experience and it works really well. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm pumped. There's so many things I could, I want to talk about, but about like maintainership and I don't know, all that stuff Save for next week. Yeah. Save for next week. Cause you know, we're about to launch next week. You'll be maintaining again. And I'm very this excited week, to this do week that. You're launching. I'm excited to not have to like run around and get all this stuff done. I'm excited to like be yeah. able to like working, working to a deadline is not. Yeah. And I feel like I've been doing like deadline, thing. deadline, deadline. Yeah. And I'm so excited to, to like just sit there and make live wire better in peace, you know, yeah, at your own pace. Yeah. That I'm really excited for. So hell yeah. So yeah, D cool. That's my mm. story, bud. Well, that that's uh that's fun, dude. Thanks for coming on board. Thanks for being thanks for being a bud. It's, it's so fun, dude. Wouldn't miss it. So very fun. glad that we're gonna like pull this in and write code with it. You know, yeah. Like it's so cool to like adapt LiveWire just enough to like meet the needs that we have, and then like pull it in. And then like use live wire at work. And because this is great because you built the feature. Now mm-hmm. someone listening, like, like the first feature they built, but like I did, I didn't like, I feel like I own the code. So I don't mm-hmm. feel like somebody else wrote this thing. I can't touch it. It's now been massaged and mushed and I feel like I own the code and I'll do the same with this. So I'm, I'm not pulling in code that I don't, um, that I, that I'm that like oh Daniel like I can't fix this you have to fix this you know right right but um but you guys who drove out this feature are going to be the primary also the people consumers who are like using it in a big production environment in a big production environment which is like the best combo ever yeah because we're going to be the ones who find the bugs right and then we're going to be capable of fixing exactly them. it's yeah. kind of incredible so I'm yeah. super pumped that you one that you personally are using LiveWire now in your day to day which is crazy because it's been a long freaking time of talking about LiveWire and you never really using it, you know, in a real context. Yep. Um, and it's funny, Chris and I both at this point have written way more LiveWire core code than we've written like right, LiveWire user code, land yeah. code. Yep. That's very it's interesting. Wild. Yeah. So, yeah. So lots of people, it feels good. A lot of people are using it now and like people in my circles. So now I, I'm like, tell me everything, everything you come across, write it down. Any tiny little sliver of annoyance or confusion, write it down. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, do you want to cue some outro music? Bump on up. Bump on up.